Welcome to another episode of Learn Buddhism. I'm Alan Pito. In Buddhism, we have one teaching that I believe is so important that all new Buddhists and Western Buddhists should understand what it is because it explains why we are practicing Buddhism, what we're trying to achieve in Buddhism. This is a central core teaching that you're going to find throughout Buddhism. But often you may not have heard of it because often you're hearing about the Four Noble Truths or the Eightfold Path or maybe Karma or these other teachings, which are all very important because they all go right back to this teaching I'm going to talk to you about. What is it? It's known as the Three Fires or Three Poisons. And it was first introduced by the Buddha in the Fire Sermon, where he referred to it as these three fires. And this is so important to us in Buddhism because it's what we're trying to end in Buddhism. You've heard of nirvana, and you've heard that's a goal of Buddhists, right? To become enlightened and realize your true state in nirvana. Nirvana is the absence of the three fires. Rebirth in Buddhism. We want as Buddhists to end the cycle of rebirth because the Buddha said that rebirth in these temporary skandhas, aggregates that we're in these existences is unsatisfactory. It's suffering. You end that by ending the three fires. Karma in Buddhism, the reason we are in this cycle of rebirth is ended when we stop these three fires, three poisons. You see why it's so important? So why are we focused on these three fires, three poisons? I'm going to explain to you what they are, but the reason it's so important is we are in this very delusional existence state because we don't truly understand the Buddha's teachings. And because of that, we are creating these unwholesome karmic conditions. The Buddha said these unwholesome karmic conditions are essentially creating the conditions that are keeping us chained to the cycle of rebirth called fetters. And so we are in this forced cycle of rebirth. We have no control over it. We do, but because we are just wildly just doing whatever our mind wants us to do, which is unwholesome, we are caught in this cycle of rebirth. And this is what we're trying to end as Buddhists because it's unsatisfactory. This is not our true existence. Our true existence is nirvana because nirvana is absence of the three fires, three poisons. All right, let's go into what are these three fires, three poisons. They are known as ignorance or delusion, greed, anger, and hatred. So when we look at these three different types of poisons or fires, I like the analogy that's used in Buddhism. So I mentioned the fire sermon is where the Buddha first explained these to fire worshipers, and they eventually became Buddhists if we will, in our modern terminology. And so he was using fire as an example there that they could understand. And it's a good one to use because if you think about it, would you want to be on fire? Would you want to be burned by fire or have smoke inhalation from fire? No, that's all unsatisfactory. I think you would agree to that. Or what about in later, it was also known as the three poisons. There you go. There's another very vivid explanation of these. Poison is not good for you, right? It's unsatisfactory. And you could be either slowly poisoned or very severely poisoned, right? There's different levels of being poisoned, if you will. So that is all unsatisfactory. It's not your true existence to be poisoned or 
to have anything related to fire, like all this burning and injury and smoke inhalation. That's all unsatisfactory, right? So when we're referring to these in these very vivid, drastic explanations and means here, is so that we as Buddhists understand these are things we have to end. Because if we don't end them, we're just going to keep in the same vicious cycle of rebirth, forced rebirth. And the Buddha said that forced rebirth is the issue. That's central because if you're not under control, you're allowing other forces essentially to control you. Do you want that? I would think not. Do you want to be poisoned or burned? I would think not. So this is why it's using its very vivid explanation. But let's go into what these are first, and then I'm going to tell you about the cure to all of these. Because when we talk about the Four Noble Truths, it's talking about the three fires here. It doesn't reference them directly, because the Four Noble Truths are giving this overview of everything in Buddhism, if you will. Essentially, wake, just like the Buddha was a doctor, is waking up to the fact that you're sick, the reason that you're sick, good prognosis, you can cure yourself, Here's the way to cure yourself, right? That's the Four Noble Truths. And that Four Noble Truths is the Eightfold Path. And the Eightfold Path is that recovery plan, that cure, if you will, to making yourself free of that suffering, that dukkha. But that dukkha that we all talk about in Buddhism, that unsatisfactoriness, is due to the cycle of rebirth, is due to the constant rebecoming, the five aggregates, five skandhas in every existence, right? But that's due Two, karma. Karma, you know, you always hear, oh, good karma, bad karma. Karma is not something Buddhists want because typically it's unwholesome karma. And that's what's chaining us to the cycle of rebirth. It's what's instigating it. And so because we don't have control over it, that's not good. So you will often have in Buddhism wholesome karma where we are trying to ensure that we are going along the right path. And that's good. We want to place on wholesome karma, of course, was wholesome karma. So that's all important because the three fires, three poisons, I'll just refer to those three fires from now on. We are creating that unwholesome karma due to the three fires because we are not practicing the Buddha's path. The Buddha provides us that, out, that way out of these three fires. We can remove the fuel from the three fires. So if you remove fuel and the oxygen from fire, it goes away, right? That's what we want because when you remove it, then it ends. That's also, you're going to hear this terminology in Buddhism, nirvana with remainders. And so that's basically, if you want to go back to this fire example, right? So we put out the fire, right? And you have, you know, the, the wood or the coal or whatever. It's starting to slowly cool down, right? It was on fire, but now it's starting to slowly cool down. So even in your existence, let's say you become enlightened, you realize nirvana, you're still going to have that remainders happening right there. There was still karma that you were generating prior existences and a current existence, right? Which can still come to fruition. It's still warm or even hot. So it has to cool down. And that's where you sometimes even see in, during a Buddhist time, you know, there was monastics, they felt the repercussions of their karma even though they had become enlightened. So it doesn't mean karma completely goes away, but we want to end these fires because obviously the fire is something that we don't want. 
So when we're looking at these three fires, the first one is ignorance and the resulting delusion as a result of that. And this one I think is fundamental to really understand. And before I kind of go further, if you ever look at the imagery that they use to describe the three fires or three poisons, it's three animals that are in this circle. And you have like a rooster, you have a snake, and you have like a boar or pig. And they're all in this circle and they're all biting each other's tails. And it's really at the center of this cycle of rebirth, this samsara, this cycle of birth and death, showing that they are the instigator of that because that's what's generating this karma, right? This is what we're, we're caught up in. So it's turning the wheel. So we want to stop turning that wheel by stopping them, right? But they're feeding off of each other. They're biting on each other's tails. Just to show you the interconnected nature of all of them. We want to start suffocating the fires here. We want to stop giving them fuel and oxygen to happen so we can end them. And that's nirvana. Nirvana is the absence of those fires. So the first one is going to be ignorance. And this is where we don't understand the Buddha's teachings. And if you can think about it, there have been periods of time, there always exists, where there is an absence of a Buddha's teachings. And a Buddha, and we have one Buddha of every era, they are the ones who give the liberating teachings, but there's a period where that's lost. And you can even think about it in our modern world. There's many people who haven't even heard of the Buddha or the Buddha's teachings, right? So they are going to be continuing on without those teachings to liberate themselves or even to make that progress towards liberating themselves, right? And so that ignorance is the problem. One way I like to try to explain this, and it's going to interconnect with everything else here in the three fires. Just imagine... You know, you feel, you know, I'm a pretty good driver, right? I'm going to drive my car. I know how to drive, right? And you're driving down the road, and something's very unusual to you. Everyone's driving on the wrong side of the road. They're, like, they're trying to hit you. Like, what are these people doing, right? And you're like, this is crazy. You know, I'm, I'm driving right. I know how to drive. And all these people are coming down the wrong side of the road. Maybe you get into an accident, or maybe you're lucky and you don't. But either way, you are driving down this road and these people are driving on the other side and they're, they're almost trying to hit you right and you, you're getting very angry at this right and you're like well, what's going on i know i'm driving right they're not driving right they're driving crazily and this this is horrible and maybe you get hit and you're upset because your car's been injured but here's the problem you were the one driving on the wrong side of the road but your ignorance of the rules of the road and how you should be driving and all these different things relates to you living in a delusional state, a delusional world. So you might often hear that Buddhism believes that we are in this holographic or illusionary world. Not saying that I can't touch myself or this desk or car, for example, and see that physical object and it currently exists and all that. We're not saying that. We're saying that our perception of things and how it gives rise to in our consciousness, that's what's the illusionary thing. That's our perceptions and assumptions and ignorant of what the Buddha taught, the fundamental nature of our existence in our world. We don't really understand. So we come up with our own understanding of it. And the reason that in Buddhism is not a good thing is because it doesn't provide us the liberating path. It is really keeping us in this delusional state. It's keeping us in samsara. We are creating the karmic actions, right? Just like if you were driving down that wrong side of the road. And in the example I gave you, we saw all three parts of the three fires. We saw the ignorance, because I did 
understand I was on the wrong side of the road. I was driving down the wrong side of the road. I saw the attachment or the greed. Well, I know how I'm driving. I'm correct in how this works, right? And then we also saw the anger, the hatred, right? All of these people are, are trying to hit me and they maybe injure my car, right? Or myself. They're wrong, right? No, it, it all kind of relates back to that ignorance. So we have the Buddha's Dharma, the liberating teachings, which is the way out of ignorance. But we're going to get back to these cures here in a minute. The next one is that greed or attachment or clinging. And you might have heard that also inside Buddhism. Oh, you know, Buddhism is like, hey, let go of attachments, right? Well, what we're talking about here is not necessarily like, well, just, you know, let go of your car, right? No, we're getting more at a fundamental level in Buddhism. The attachments we're having here, and depending upon your tradition, it may be more branching out like I'm talking about here, is related to the concept of believing in a permanent, unchanging, independent self. And you're going to see that in all branches and all traditions in Buddhism. For example, you have that in both Theravada and Mahayana. But you see in Mahayana, it kind of branches out a little bit more where what they call all dharmas, you know, with a lowercase d, mean all phenomena, all conditioned phenomena are don't have a permanent, unchanging, independent self, but we believe they do. And the problem with that is we start to cling and crave to things that reinforce that belief. And you may be going, well, I know maybe I, there's no fundamental nature of me that will exist on, but there's something that you believe in yourself that you believe does. You know, whether that's right now or in the future or maybe some other things, we have beliefs there because otherwise we would be enlightened right now. There's something there even if you don't realize that. And so this is important because we cling crave to that. And then when that turns out not to be true, because the Buddha taught the fundamental truth of impermanence, that all things are ever-changing. They are impermanent. And they don't have an independent self, right? And so we don't want to really believe that. We don't, we don't like that idea. It's scary. It's a scary thought but it's the true nature of things. So that's why we start to clean and crave the things. And so that's where the hatred comes in because, well, when things don't go our way, we get angry at that, right? Or get hatred or aversion, whatever you want to call it. That's what the results. And that's what just creates this constant cycle, right? So that attachment, that greed, that clinging is to, and this is in the, the Buddhist teachings, belief in a permanent, unchanging, independent self and as we branch out in Mahayana, that also includes all other conditioned phenomena. And this is a really deep fundamental teaching. And it goes beyond that intellectual teaching. We have to understand it's at a fundamental level, which can take your entire life or lifetimes to really fully understand and, and liberate yourself from. But that's also what we're trying to do in Buddhism. Because, of course, when you understand you don't have a permanent, unchanging, independent self, at a fundamental level, not intellectual level, that's also where we are liberated, right? Because when you don't, when you understand you don't really have that, you understand your true nature, your true nature, nirvana. And what is nirvana? The absence of these three fires. So that's where greed, you know, goes away when you don't have that. But how do you get there? Well, we'll get to the cures here in a minute. Then finally, we have that anger, hatred, aversion. And as I mentioned, this is what happens when things don't go your way. And when I mean don't go your way, I mean in the way that the Buddha taught and Buddhism teaches, that we believe everything has a permanent, unchanging, independent self, and then that hard truth of impermanence hits us, and we have to understand that. Just like if you were driving down the wrong side of the road, 
and you get hit, you know, by that truth, that's what's going to be what creates this anger, hatred, aversion inside us. Because we believe, as we go all the way back to the beginning of the cycle, in our ignorance of the truth that the Buddha taught, we still think we're right. And there's many ways we think we're right. Maybe we have some intellectual way we believe we're right. And that's a really strong one because we like, especially in the West, intellectual righteousness. And so that may always be right or maybe not right, or maybe there's parts of it's right. But what the Buddha is talking about is the fundamental nature of things. That is totally different than, than what we might be used to because it challenges us on what we may understand in our everyday existence, our world that we live in. Because the world we live in, as we mentioned, is this illusionary holographic world of our own creation. And again, I'm not talking about the physical nature of it. I'm talking about how it comes up in your mind. And I, I think that what still to this day really challenges my mind is how that really works. Because when we go, okay, I still don't really understand that because I, I went to school, I have this understanding, other people have the same understanding as me. That's exactly right. And that's what the Buddha is trying to say. We are trapped because of this. That's not a collective really understanding of it. It's just what we are conditioned to believe and how we believe things are going to be. Because our mind wants to keep us trapped in a cycle rebirth, our consciousness, right? The, creating this unwholesome karmic actions is not our true natural state. But if we let our, and you've heard this probably expression before also, your monkey mind, right? Or a bull in a china shop, right? That's what we're trying to tame in Buddhism is this uncontrolled mind because your mind will take it where it wants to go, not where you truly should go. And it works so seamlessly, I would say, that you're not aware of the subtle influence it's doing over you where it seems very logical. It seems right. That's why we don't challenge it. That's why we're not aware of it. That's why in Buddhism, there's various types of meditation and chanting and practices that we all do to tame our mind because we have to get to these fundamental truths. Because otherwise, we're stuck here in this anger phase, right? Where hatred, anger is all there because we don't understand the true nature of things. We're back to ignorance. And we're you know, living in this delusional state and we are clinging and craving and attaching to things that reinforce that. And then when it doesn't turn out to be true, look at that anger, hatred, aversion. So how do we end the three fires, three poisons? This is going to be Buddhist practice. Because remember, we are trying to remove the fuel from the three fires. They don't need to exist. None of these three fires need to exist. But we are giving it fuel every single day minute of our day. So what do we do to remove it? Well, let's go to the first one, ignorance, right? So that is, just like it sounds, ignorant, right? You're ignorant of the Buddhist truth. Thus, you live in a delusional world and state. And this is all mental states, right? So how do you cure that? With wisdom. And in Mahayana, we call that Prajna wisdom, but it's the same that we have throughout all traditions in Buddhism. If you don't fully understand what the Buddha taught, or you're just completely unaware of it, you're just going to remain in this cycle, right? So when we are listening to monastics at temple, 
give a Dharma talk, which is a very common and popular practice inside Buddhism, that is wisdom. We are gaining wisdom from a monastic. They are helping us understand the Buddhist teachings in a way that we can understand as laypersons. That is very common and very important. Other things, of course, reading sutras and suttas and the resulting commentaries, because that's reading it by themselves is not enough. They're often made for monastics. That's why we listen to Dharma talks from monastics. We're also going to have chanting, recitation, meditation, etc. We are doing many different things where we are trying to gain, build that wisdom, that prajna wisdom. And it's a wisdom that's outside of the intellectual aspect. So you just can't go read entire Buddhist scripture and go, you know what, I've read all this Buddhist scripture. I'm now the smartest Buddhist ever alive. I should be enlightened. It doesn't work that way. We're talking about a fundamental wisdom. That's the wisdom inside Buddhism. Because when you fundamentally understand that, that is when you start to put away stop these three fires then we go to that greed attachment clinging right how do we end that well of course you know understanding you know having that fundamental wisdom is important right but what do we do as buddhists well i'm sure you've seen where buddhists give fruit offerings they do donations you know services a temple for example giving is a practice in buddhism and it's not just there like oh that's just religious of course it is, but it has a very practical approach on the three fires. Because when you are giving, you are curing greed, right? You can't be greedy when you are truly giving, right? And not expecting anything in return. That's why when we look at when we're giving, you know, donating, especially to monastics in a temple, that is a very meritorious way to practice Buddhism. Because obviously monastics are all in into the Buddhist faith. They are helping us, so thus we want to help them as well. And when you donate that way, it is very, very common and a great way to do it, but you're not, of course, limited to that alone. Then we have our final one, that hatred, that aversion, right, that anger. Well, how do we cure that? Well, remember, anger, right? So how do you cure anger? With love. And in Buddhism, we have loving kindness, metta. And this is a very popular way to do it because how can you have anger, hatred, aversion when you are practicing loving kindness? And loving kindness inside Buddhism is a very specific way that's done. There is even a metta or loving kindness you know, prayer that you can do. So there's many different ways that that is accomplished, but that is removing that fuel of anger. And you may, as a layperson, just, just like, and you are laypersons, right? We're not going to be 100% perfect in all this. We are practicing Buddhists, but we are slowly trying to remove the fuel. If we could just remove it all, all completely, we would love to do that, of course, but we're living in a world where we encounter a lot, lots of different things. We are obviously not enlightened beings. We are practicing Buddhists. We're going to slip up. We're not going to always understand sometimes where we have ignorance or where we're having this anger or aversion or cling, craving attachments. We're not always going to be aware of that. That's why you see daily practice in Buddhism that's happening. And the practices that you do in a daily practice are all kind of helping you remove the three fires as well. It's that muscle memory. It's the actions you're doing. It's what you're building up inside so you can transform your mind, your morality, your conduct, your wisdom. That's all being done in a daily practice. Just like going to the gym, 
we're doing our daily Buddhist practice, we're going to temple, we're listening to Dharma talks, we're doing all these different things so that we can remove the fuel from the three fires. And of course, when we do that, we reside in our natural state of nirvana. But let me just, as I close this out, let me give you this other example, because you've all heard of like enlightenment and awakening, right? So we want to be, and we look at the Buddha as a great example. He had to be awakened to the truth, right? And then he became an enlightened being. And as an enlightened being, because he was awakened to the truth, he understood. Remember, I was talking about that prajna wisdom, that true understanding. When that fuel of ignorance was removed, then everything else is just falling like a house of cards. So how can he have clinging, craving, attachment to things when he now fundamentally understands the truth of emptiness, that there's you know no permanent, unchanging, independent self. You realize that that's the false thing. That goes away. And thus also goes a hatred and aversion and anger. So when you become enlightened, you're enlightened to this truth and how things have been affecting you. And you've heard in my prior episodes, I love to use that example of like a dirty window and you hear something tapping on there or shadows going by and you're assuming what's out there. But through Buddhist practice, when you clean that window, that's your enlightenment, right? You're able to see what it truly is. And when you see it's oh, just a branch, you know, hitting the window, what's to be afraid of? You fundamentally understand then, right? So that's where we just remove all that fuel. So becoming enlightened obviously is important because that helps us, obviously, remove the fuel from the three fires. It goes away. And what remains is our true natural state, nirvana. Because nirvana is absent of the three fires. And because of three fires, if you want to think about it this way, they're conditioned. you got to give fuel to those fires. And that's what the Buddhist said in the fire sermon. Everything that we're looking at out there, all these sense objects, we're taking in through our sense organs, like our eyes, ears, nose, mouth, taste, all that. We're allowing that to arise in our consciousness and create all these different beliefs about it, assumptions about it, creating our world. That's what we have to be mindful of. That's what we have to stop. And you do that by eventually becoming awakened to the truth and enlightened being that stops the three fires, three poisons. You live in your natural state of nirvana. That's where you want to be because then you stop creating karmic actions which keep you trapped in a cycle of rebirth. I realized that was a lot to really digest. But when you think about the practice of the three fires, this is what Buddhists are doing at the temple, their daily practice. They are either chanting, reciting sutras, maybe transcribing sutras. They're doing this or listening to a Dharma talk, gain their wisdom, right? So maybe during a daily practice, I'm going to be chanting maybe the Heart Sutra. And then, well, what about clean craving well i'm going to be giving right and popular ways i mentioned is through the temple you know to your monastics but it could be other ways you do that as well including family members friends people you don't even know right and then also that hatred hatred and anger aversion well we're going to do that loving kindness and there's prayers for that and we're we're doing many different things you know when i was talking about the the giving portion your daily practice when you're not a temple you're usually giving to the buddha that's on your altar. So you're doing that symbolic act right there. But also with the loving kindness, we're usually doing kind of like a prayer to all sentient beings. We want them to be free. 
we want to be happy, you know, free from the suffering that we have in samsara, to be enlightened so that you can be awakened. This is what we're doing as a daily practice, and I think it's a very wonderful teaching. It's a scary teaching when you think about it, because we are trapped here. We are doing this right now. We don't realize this. The Buddha's going, wake up. This is what's happening. It's dangerous because this is unsatisfactory to what we're talking about in Buddhism, the cycle of birth and death. This is what we want to end. But he gives you the way out. And while it sounds very simple to practice all this, we have been, like that window I was talking about, it is caked over, was dried on, mud and dirt and everything. It's going to take a while to clean. So don't expect instant results. Just keep going. Just like if you're going to the gym, do it safely, do it consistently, and do it as the monastics teach us, and that's the way out. Do you have any questions about the three fires or three poisons? I'd love to hear back from you. You can leave a message to this podcast on Spotify, or you can also message me from my website, alampedo.com, or on social media. I'll talk with you at our next episode. Thank you.